0: Learn more at marines.com. The wonderful world of baseball is filled with all kinds of wonderful stats. Now more than ever, I'm going to come at you with one today that is so simple Almost insulting. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacovich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Cubs 11, Pirates 3. Last night in Chicago, uh, a game that just got away from them late. Seven earned runs against the bullpen. Uh, Luis Ortiz was pitching in the rain. The it, the whole thing was just, I don't know. It, it feels like one of those that you could just easily discard. And, and maybe certain components of it you can. Like, I thought Luis Ortiz actually pitched pretty well. Gave up the early three-run bomb to Ian Happ. But uh, otherwise, I thought he... Carried himself really well, got out of a couple jams, and even then, again, it starts raining, and then what do you do in terms of judging how he did? I don't know. Here's what I do know. Jack Sawinski homered twice, and the reason that Jack homered twice was because I made home runs on the road by Jack Sawinski yesterday's episode lead. No, but really, Jack hits the two home runs, and they account for two-thirds of the output. So the fact that the Pirates lost big while scoring three runs reminded me of something that I'd been muttering to myself quite a bit in the PNC Park press box. There's a stat that's been part of the Pirates media notes for as long as I've been covering the team. It's just a fixture. There's something that runs down the right rail of the front page where there's a whole bunch of... If this, then that type of numbers. Here it is. When the Pirates have scored four or more runs this season, their record, you're not going to believe this, is 27 and five. When they score less than four runs, their record is seven and 26. Now, to an extent, this math applies to most teams, whether they're really, really good or really, really bad, but not to this extreme. And when I went a step further and computed that over 65 games, the Pirates have scored 286 total runs. I did tell you the stuff was simple, right? They have averaged 4.4 runs per game. So, how does this happen? Of course, there's blowouts, there's shutouts, and there's all different kinds of points in between. So the average can be high enough that it sounds like, well, oh, their record should be a lot better. Not the mathematical case, obviously. Here's where I am with this. The pirates have the hardest, cleanest, most obvious data to support. That they only need a little bit more offense to make some of this hidden, I guess would be a good word for it, good pitching that they get count. That game last night wasn't a blowout until the very end. If you wake up today and just hear the score, oh, they got killed by the Cubs, I mean, it didn't mean anything. It was 3-3 three, three and a 7. What they needed was someone other than Jack to do something at the plate. What they needed was somebody other than the obvious candidates to do something. And that just very, very, very seldom happens with this lineup. And the reason for that is these are not good hitters. They're arguably not major league hitters. Look at last night's game. Did you see Connor Joe's plate appearances? Did you see that? Has someone, like, lobotomized him and... Sold him on the idea that he's secretly Joey Votto. He goes up to the plate at this stage of the season as if all he wants to do is walk. And I, you know, I, I get that, that that matters. There's value in it, but it also can become absurd. And you're gonna strike out looking a lot when the other teams figure that out. That's the reason that no one can just walk into perpetuity. He struck out looking twice on pitches that were right down the pipe. But hey, guess what? Eventually he did get that walk. That was his production for the night. That's what he did. He just just stood there. Austin Hedges is another one. He had a cheesy chopper of a hit that the rain allowed him to beat out an infield single. And it's going to look like, ah, oh, he's not so bad or he wasn't so bad last night. He's just terrible. And and you're talking, I'm just singling out two out of the nine. And, and and Andrew McCutcheon had the night off, understandably. But that's that's what you're looking at. You're If you've got two or three dead spots, outright legally dead spots in your lineup, You shouldn't be wondering what it takes to score that extra run, that missing run. Please don't make me complete this thought, because you know where I'm going with this. There's offense to be had, okay? It's not that far away. It's a phone call away. Bring them both up. Bring them both up already. What are you waiting for? Does it really, really benefit the Pittsburgh Pirates more that Henry Davis hit a three run homer last night for the AAA affiliate, or that he could have helped the affiliate from Pittsburgh at Wrigley Field last night? When we come back, J1Q, you, look, you knew I was going there! This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern, that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. Q comes from Zach Kaufman, who says, D.K., where has the Oscar Marine shine gone other than Mitch Keller? The starters have struggled since April ended. Is it inexperience for some? Is it mental? All these early inning runs are getting old. Not not after this one, Zach. Again, I I liked what I saw from Ortiz. Uh, I really liked the battle that he showed in the rain. Uh, stranding a lot of guys. Ian Happ's gonna hit home runs. He hits home runs. He ran into one. So, do you really want to bunch Ortiz into that? Because he's been pretty good. What about Johan Oviedo? He had a, a recurring issue with early runs against. He's kind of cleaning that up now, and he's been pretty good. Look, I, I'm not the marine defender. Uh, I'm still leery. About his ability to fix guys whenever they go wrong. And I'm not at all to this day willing to give him excessive credit for Keller, although it sounds like you did. But I'd like to see a solution, and I think this is a very fair criticism for Rwandse Contreras. That's the one that leaps out at me. Rwandse was himself and his best self when he was throwing 97, 98, 99. And for whatever reason, this season he isn't, even though everyone, including Marine, including Derek Shelton, insists that he can. Okay, why isn't he? What are they paying you for, <laughs> right? So I, I, I don't I don't see uh, the broader issue that you're describing. I see more of a Rowanzi issue with this. Um, I'm not mentioning Rich Hill for the very, very obvious reasons I would hope that he's been around for a while and he probably really doesn't even need a pitching coach. But when I look at this staff uh, and the rotation, the way it's going right now, I don't have the same concerns that I think a lot of others do. Obviously, the Pirates have lost a lot of right-handed starters to injury. People forget about Max Kranick, but Kranick probably would have been in this rotation if he didn't have his elbow surgery, JT Brubaker going down with his elbow surgery, Vince Velazquez going down with his elbow surgery. But I'll throw another name at you, even though he's not yet in Pittsburgh, and that's Quinn Priester. Uh, Priester has been extremely inconsistent over the past month and change. And he's been inconsistent. If you've seen some of these outings, and I've watched some of them remotely, you'll see the same thing that was bugging me about him in spring training still applies whenever he isn't going well, which is that he just goes all soft. I don't mean his persona. I mean the stuff that he's using. He just pumps curveball after curveball after curveball. It's like, kid, you got a fastball, man. You know, you're one of the top pitching prospects supposedly everywhere. Pump that thing. That's the only th- way that you're gonna A get to the majors and B, stay in the majors. You're not gonna curveball people to death in the bigs. I didn't like a lot of the developmental practices and most of the developmental practices under Neil Huntington, but you know, watching Jameson Tyone pitch last night when JT was in the minors in the pirates system, they reached a stage of his development where they ordered him to stop throwing the curve because hitters in the minors couldn't handle it. It was 12 to 6, it was falling off a table, and they just couldn't hit it to save their lives. And they knew that big league hitters would. And they made him do nothing other than pinpoint four-seam fastballs. And that eventually got him to the majors, and he's had a pretty nice career under adverse circumstances, to his credit. Marine is responsible for the pitching theories and the pitching philosophies of the entire organization. That's the way the Pirates' structure goes. It's Marine on the pitching side, Andy Haynes on the hitting side. They're both in charge of the whole thing. Who's letting Quinn Priester do this? in Indianapolis. That's the kind of stuff that I think about when I'm thinking about pitching coaches. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.